0: Thanks to all of you for being with us. I know it's been the throat week. <laughs> I've had a um, allergy attack. And I think now I have a sinus infection, at least according to my doctor. Uh, hopefully be better by Monday. I apologize for the voice. Um glad you're with us. Happy Friday, eight hundred nine four one Sean is our number. You want to be a part of the program. You know, a really cool moment happened the other night. And I've been pointing out on this program, you know adding politics to sports is just an awful it's a bad idea and we're missing one of the biggest opportunities as a as a country as a society that naturally brings people of all backgrounds all races all socioeconomic classes etc cetera, etc cetera, upbringings together I mean, think about this. You go to, it doesn't matter what your home team is, whatever it happens to be. But, you know, people are passionate, whether it's college sports or professional sports. They love their team. They love their home team. You know, we we have enough stress in our day-to-day life. We love to, you know, go to a, a football game, a basketball game, a baseball game. You just love it. And, you know, with the few exceptions, you know, look, look at what MLB, the dopey commissioner who knows absolutely nothing about voting laws, you know, strips Georgia of the all star game and and ships it out to Colorado, which, by the way, has like, I think, a nine percent minority population based on lies told by Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams about the Georgia election law. In Georgia, there's 17 days of in-person early voting. In, in Joe's state that he's represented 5,000 years, there's, there's not one. In Joe's state, there's not one lockbox. In Georgia, every precinct has a lockbox. Both states require voter ID. And you, can, and you must provide an excuse in Delaware, not Georgia, if you want to vote absentee. The most restrictive in the country that's Joe state never once as president never once as Senator for 50 years lifted a finger to make voting more accessible for the people of Delaware. And he's got the unmitigated gall and nerve to call Georgia's voting law, which is far more inclusive, which is far makes voting far more accessible. Jim Crow 2.0 and then major league baseball, You know, without any knowledge of any of this, clearly it was done out of pure ignorance or it wouldn't have been done. Just strips Georgia of what would represent a hundred million dollars to the Georgia economy. Now, I say Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams, they owe the people of Georgia a huge apology because their big lie hurt their hurt an innocent state. And we're going to get lectures from Joe on voting accessibility. No, thank you. It's then, then you got the same thing, you know, with the NBA. Now the NBA is getting political. Okay, well, it's not. It's not serving them well in the ratings. I, you know, they they they're not even getting nine million, eight million people to watch finals for crying out loud. I think the last season they had five point six million viewers for the for the final. NBA game championship game that is a ratings disaster for sports you can't even justify any rights fees for those numbers to be frank and then you've got you know all started with Kaepernick and the NFL and taking a knee and and you know uh, we're not coming out of the locker room until the anthem is already sung and so on and it, what, what's what they're missing here is this is that you have people of all races, all backgrounds, all different sectors of society coming together with a shared passion for their team. How many of you been, have experienced what I've experienced? You go to a game, you, you know, your home team, Every you know, most people cheering for the home team. And you're like something great. Somebody hits a Grand Slam. You're like high-fiving people you've never met before you know you're talking to people you never met before about you know how what you like about the team what you don't like about the team you know it's 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 an opportunity to bring people together and now by politicizing it you you you're ruining that opportunity and i i have no doubt now if players with the influence that they have and people look up to them if there is a passion or a cause or a charity that they want their fans to be a part of, I I guarantee without lecturing them, say, you know, I'm I'm donating, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to this cause I'm donating to this. Can you, can somebody, can you match a dollar? I, I bet you people would do it in droves, better schools, safe, safer neighborhoods, whatever it happens to be. And You know, hockey's not doing it, UFC's not doing it, I don't see boxing doing it, and it's just alienating people. And I'll tell you, there's going to be, because I don't support boycotts, I don't call for boycotts, but I found, like, I'm now so, I was less interested the last two years in the NFL than I had been in a long time. I went through a period where I wasn't interested, but then I got interested again. Now, I will admit, when Drew Brees was facing off against Tom Brady and then Aaron Rodgers was facing off against Tom Brady and Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl I was very interested the storyline couldn't keep me away but it's you know we're hurting this is the greatest opportunity the guy that got this right was Robert Kraft because Robert Kraft told his players in New England New England Patriots um and I met Robert Kraft a couple of times I've, I've had long conversations with him he's a smart guy this guy is really bright. And he said he told his players, you know, there are a lot of people that have a lot of different opinions on a lot of issues. He goes, I'll tell you what I'll offer to all of you that play on my team. And he said, I'll 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 match you dollar for dollar for the charity that you want to partake in. And and not politicize things on the field. And his players agreed. And he'd go out into, into, you know, various parts of New England and and help the players out in their charities. And he stood by his promise. It was pretty cool. Anyway, so something special happened the other night. It was game six. The Islanders were leading. They're playing the Boston Bruins. Whenever there's anything New York versus Boston, it's it's just a, a, it's like, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. Because Boston fans hate New York. New York fans hate Boston fans. That's the way it is. Do they really hate each other? No, they just like their team more than the other team, and it's a, it's what we call a rivalry, gridiron game, whatever. So the Islanders now are up 3-2 in the series. They're back at the Nassau Coliseum, um, which was a, a great homecoming for the Islanders because uh, they hadn't been playing there. They're building a, a new a new facility at Belmont Park, of all places, and it's gonna, I hear it's going to be great. Uh, I actually was talking to Eddie Westfall, a former— uh, captain of the Islanders, he's such a nice guy. I met Bobby Nystrom, such a nice guy. Um, and and these were the, the, the great Islanders of of old, when I used to cheer for the Broad Street Bullies. There's a long story behind that one. But anyway, so there is this, sing, uh, the woman that's singing the Star Spangled Banner, her name is uh, Nicole uh, Raviv, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Beautiful voice, stunning, incredible voice. She starts singing the Star-Spangled Banner, and then the crowd takes over, and she let the crowd take over. I've watched Garth Brooks perform, and I've watched him in interviews, and he says, there's nothing cooler when your fans are singing your songs back to you. And he would let people, you know, if he's singing the dance, or, you know, if Tomorrow Never Comes, or some songs... You know, Friends in Low Places, Thunder Rolls. Then then when the crowd or the stadium sings it back to you, there's nothing, nothing better. Anyway, just, just listen to this moment and tell me if you don't get goosebumps like I got.
1: And now, please join Nicole Raviv as we
2: sing it together.
0: People took it and they ran with it. People, all backgrounds, they have they have a shared passion. Their team, Islanders, by the way, won. <laughs> they probably that was it for Boston. They're like, oh man, this this crowd is is way into this game. We're not we're not going to win this. And they ended up winning with two empty net goals, six two. Um, and uh, they're now playing Tampa Bay in the next series. But I mean. You know, I know that there's, there's all the wokeness and this critical race theory that divides us. Now, more and more states are, are saying, no, we're not doing this. And But people are genuinely good. I go back to, I've, I've used this phrase, I've overused it. You've heard me say it before. I apologize for saying it again, but it's worth repeating in my view. You know, my friend Barry Farber, he, he was on talk radio until his 90th birthday. 90 years, one of the great pioneers of talk radio, used to always say, there's never been a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated more power and abused it less. And I add to it, and I have no right to add to it, but I do. I learn from the best. There's never been a country in the history of mankind that has accumulated more power, abused it less, and used its power to advance the human condition. It doesn't mean... This is a perfect country, that it's been a perfect country. The beauty of our framers and our our founders is this. They created a system where we can right wrongs and correct injustices. It was built that way on purpose, not by accident. Natural law endowed by our creator, not government not government rights rights come from god and, a, and predicated on a belief they're all created by god and that there's never been a country greater than this one socialism has been tried and under every name and manifestation you can think of and it always it always overpromises and delivers nothing sets people up for failure this idea that everything's free there's no track record that's going to ever work because it always fails. Schools, law and order, social security, Medicare, Obamacare, all failed. Now we're going to believe they're going to give us healthy food and free, free child care and pre, free child education and free college, and ev- it's not going to work. We're free. And it's like the land of the free and the home of the brave, not the home of the woke and afraid. All right, as we roll along, 800 Sean. You know, two uh, items came out this week after I'd been pressured and pressured and pressured and pressured and pressured and pressured and pressured. Hannity, you've got to tell your listeners that they must get vaccinated. Can you imagine me? Now, we learned from the Cleveland Clinic this week. Yeah, if you had COVID-19, if you contracted the virus, um, yeah, there's no need to get a vaccine. This is not, I mean, that's the Cleveland Clinic. They have a pretty good reputation. Um, we didn't know that till this week. But people like Rand Paul were saying, yeah, there's natural immunity. Even if your antibodies go down, you still have T cell antibodies and you still have protection. Uh, now I see an article come out today. CDC to hold emergency meeting after hundreds are suffering heart inflammation following COVID vaccines. By the way, Donald Trump said Fauci says he's science, but he's merely science fiction. He got so much wrong. Actually, Greg Jarrett is even suggesting he should be. It will never happen. Criminally investigated because he did know that this Wuhan uh, lab a uh, virology lab did, in fact, study coronaviruses and gain. They did gain a function research there and he gave the money and he was desperate to hide that fact in emails. You can see that there was a panic that set in. And I'm thinking, you know, with all this pressure saying, hey, you've got to tell people. Well, Cleveland Clinic is saying if you had it, you don't need the vaccine. I'm following the science. The CDC is now saying that there are hundreds and hundreds of people that are suffering heart inflammation following COVID vaccines. I'm glad I followed my own instincts here, which was I told people take it seriously, do a lot of research. Look at your health conditions, talk to your doctor, your doctors, medical professionals you trust, and then make your decision. I'm not playing doctor on radio or TV. I don't know anything about anybody's medical condition. I don't even know about my own medical condition. We'll continue. 25 to the top of the hour. Uh, This is not good news, but I just, somebody's got to tell you the truth. You're not going to hear it in the media mob. You remember Joe's out there saying, well, if you don't make over $400,000 a year, you're not going to be paying any more in taxes. Well, he kept saying it, but it's really $200,000 a year because he's talking about couples. And then he doesn't factor in the dramatic increase in corporate tax rates and the capital gains taxes. Uh, yeah, a lot of middle class Americans, they, they get capital gains. Nor the fact that they want to do all of this now through the reconciliation process because they can't get it done legislatively the normal way because they don't want to work with any republican and and basically force it through now we were told after april's 4.2 percent uh increase year over year in prices uh, that oh that's just an anomaly well it turns out it's not an anomaly inflation uh, again, this month of May, <clears throat> numbers coming out this week, late this week, consumer prices now the fastest pace in almost 13 years as the economy is now in Joe's full control. Labor Department Consumer Price Index, they measure a basket of goods and services as well as energy and food costs of 5% in May from a year earlier. Higher than the 4.2% increase in prices in April. And uh, yeah, this is an explosion. Now, the worst, uh, you know, and I got it wrong this week. And for that, I apologize. I said on average, it's 65 cents more per gallon of gasoline. No, I was wrong. We are now paying an average of $1.09 more per gallon since Joe Biden has become president of the united states a dollar 9 a gallon last year was a dollar 88 this year it's $2.97 states like california you're even approaching 5 bucks new york it's close to 4 bucks for certain gas i mean it's really really high meat prices are through the roof lumber price i'll give you an example for meat um, I like to make a BLT. I like bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich on an English muffin. It's great. The way I make it, it's awesome. Anyway, okay, and it seem like a lot. You get a pound. I like Oscar Mayer thick-cut bacon. That's the one I get. Anyway, and I go shopping once a week. And once a week, somebody will ask me, what are you doing here? I'm shopping. Why? I'm hungry. <laughs> I like to eat. I don't know why people ask me that question. Um, And I stop, and I talk to this one. I've seen this one kid the whole Time during coronavirus, run into it. We put them on the radio one day, and not one person. And this is when I said, "Yeah, I i support the mask because at my local grocery store, my local pharmacy, you know, they were using plexiglass and masks and shields. Nobody got COVID. Nobody." I said, "Okay, if it's going to protect older people, grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad, it never bothered me, and I kind of liked, like Chris Rock said, you know." I got my anonymity back with a mask, but that's just a separate issue. Nobody wants to go through the hell we've all been through. But all right, so if you bought a pound of bacon last year, you paid $5.35, this year you pay a dollar more. 20% increase. Okay? A gallon of milk, 10% increase. Gasoline prices up a dollar 9 a gallon. The price of a used car up 29.7%. Have you seen the price of lumber? Something you would have paid $2,000 for last year, you're paying $11,000 for now. I mean, this is real money. Now, you, a lot of states are now, finally, they've had it because you got 9.3 million available jobs and you have many Americans looking at the extra unemployment money and saying, I get, I'm get, i going to make as much staying home. And now people are feeling it and they're seeing it and they're understanding it because the University of Michigan did a survey of consumer sentiment, and what they found is in their new survey, more American people are more worried about rising inflation because of Biden's policies than at any other time since 1982. In other words, more concerned with higher prices for appliances, for houses, cars, and any time in 39 years. 1982, the inflation rate was just over 6%, close to where we are now. The year before, it was top 10%. It's not good. After inflation, earnings have declined for American workers every month since Biden has been president. New York Post has a bombshell banner headline today. Bidenomics bombs. Real average hourly earnings for American workers fell 0.1 percent in May compared to April, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics the fifth consecutive month in which inflation-adjusted hourly earnings fell and the fourth in which weekly earnings fell. Now, the opposite happened with Donald Trump with the biggest increase per dollar per family uh, in in recently recorded history. And then, of course, record low unemployment and record low unemployment for every demographic group. Anyway, in other words, after inflation earnings, the American people... You and every month which Joe Biden's been president, your wages are falling. Your money is worth less. It's the longest consecutive string of monthly real earnings decline that goes back to 2007. We're ado- we're adopting the same dumb policies we've adopted. Now, I think that everyone would agree Deutsche Bank, not exactly lightweights. That's why, you know, when the Bank of China did a one5 billion dollar equity deal with hunter biden's firm yeah you're telling me that deutsche bank wouldn't do it better than the crackhead and uh his business partners you got to be kidding that wasn't pay to play that wasn't buying influence or goldman sachs or jp morgan chase you know any of these companies aren't aren't better than to get a deal with the bank of china than than hunter biden anyway they now have issued their report on a new series, Inflation, the defining macro story of the decade. And they they conclude U.S. macro policy, macroeconomics they're talking about. Indeed, the very role of government in the economy is now undergoing its biggest shift in direction in 40 years. In turn, we are concerned that it will bring about uncomfortable levels of inflation, which we're now seeing the beginning of. That could be deemed an understatement considering the U.S. economy is already experiencing uncomfortable inflation. And we've gone through the the numbers just a a moment ago. They say the current fiscal stimulus is more comparable with what was seen around World War II. U.S. deficits between 15 and 30 percent for four years. Uh, Significant differences between the pandemic and World War II. They would note inflation 8.4 percent, blah, 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 blah. If the U.S. economy descends into an inflation spiral like they see is possible, we could be on the brink of there were excruciating economic pain. The, the out-of-control spending by Congress, that's only part of the problem. Monetary stimulus has been equally breathtaking, they say. In numerical terms, the Fed's balance sheet has almost doubled during the pandemic to nearly $8 trillion. I mean, they're basically saying this is a recipe for unmitigated long-term economic disaster. Wall Street Journal, from beans, burgers, food is more expensive. Chipotle, Shake Shack, Piggly Wiggly, all raising prices to cover higher costs. Who's been telling you this? Me. Because trucking costs, truck drivers aren't going to make less per load. As a matter of fact, the dollar's going, it's not going as far as it used to. They want more money. And then to put the diesel in the trucks, dollar more a gallon, plus that means the cost is pushed onto you. Corporate taxes will be pushed onto you, the American people. Everything you buy now is costing more because of this. All to pay for Joe's socialism, New Green Deal radicalism. But he told you you're not going to pay – unless you make $400,000, you're not going to pay a penny. Baloney. The reason
3: I'm bothering to do this is I keep hearing on the press, Biden's going to raise your taxes. That's Anybody right. making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. And lie. we will not increase the deficit either.
0: That's a lie, too. The last too.
3: gigantic tax cut, which increased the deficit by $2 trillion.
0: I don't want to hear it? anymore. Everything's costing more. If you a dollar nine more per gallon of gas – and pay more to heat and cool your home, you're paying. Bread, higher, 17%. Bananas, fruit, oranges, milk, coffee, gas, electricity, you name it, going through the roof. Let me tell you, it's surging. And and people, and now the value of what people are making is less than ever before. Now, this, now politically, there's going to be a backlash. I can feel it building now. It's going to be Tea Party 2.0. Trump 2.0 on steroids and and human growth hormone because American people, they want to prosper. These policies are stranglehold. Inflation nation. We put up on Hannity.com prices rise at the fastest pace in 28 years. Numbers not seen since 1993. Then you add the corporate tax and the capital gains tax. Well, Everything is going to cost more, including utilities. Those taxes will go up, too. Biden's chief of staff, maybe president in in hiding, Ron Klain, says he's blaming uh, airline tickets and used cars. Okay, another one out of touch. Imagine if Donald Trump said that. The pipelines are the safest and best method of transporting oil. Even John Kerry and Buttigieg said it. But we're stopping high paying career jobs and we've given up national security concerns in the name of green energy. It's ridiculous. It's unreal. First lady says Biden's overprepared for her European trip. Oh, okay, Overprepared. Sure. Joe was able to sit through his, his lessons and did a good job. Give him a sippy cup, warm milky night night stories. All set. Get ready for Putin to eat his lunch. It's unbelievable. Every, Biden's rising price. It's all pain. Unbelievable. And the world loves it, by the way. The world doesn't want a strong America. You think the hostile nations of Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, you think even our European allies want us? No, they want a weakened America. They want a dumb America. They want America to pay for uh, global warming insanity and not them. A Paris accords that that look at China and India's developing nations, and we pay the brunt of the monies. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a, Part of this is madness. So there's been a lot of pressure by the squad and, and company to stop any type of negotiation. Now, there was a bipartisan group of senators, about 10 of them, um, Mark Warner, Joe Manchin, Mitt Romney, Gene Shaheen, Susan Collins, Kristen Sinema. Anyway, they wanted to come up with an infrastructure package. They came up with one, $1.2 trillion, eight years, $974 billion over five years, $579 billion new spending. Okay, the Senate finance chair, Wyden, yeah, he said it's a non-starter due to lack of tax hikes, and there's not enough climate provisions in there. They want more for this climate madness, the number one threat to America, as they say. Not China, not a, not radical Islamists, not Russia, not Iran. They want they're demanding climate provisions. All new the, the new Green Deal climate provisions are everything is free, and that will take from this group of people and we'll put all the money in a pot. We'll give you free child care, free early child education, free college, free school. Um, the schools that they run now already suck enough. Why would we send kids in for more woke cancel culture indoctrination? Just like these cities that have been run by radical Democrats for decades. There's no law and order. There's no safety and security, which you need to pursue happiness. You don't get educational opportunities in most of these big city schools because of the teachers' unions donations to the Democratic Party. They get to even write uh, COVID policy because they donate so much money. So, you know, Social Security doesn't have a lockbox. Medicare is going bankrupt. What have they done well? Obamacare turned out to be a disaster. Everything they promised never fulfilled. But that's the story of socialism is that is that they're going to promise you everything's free, 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 and and your, these will be promises that can never, ever mathematically ever be fulfilled, even if they confiscated every penny of every person. They're not capable of running anything. That's why, as a conservative, we believe in limited government. So now we're going to trust them more? Yeah, well, yeah we want to empower you. You go steal their money and give it to us. By the way, finally, you know... There was, there was a little pushback by, against Congresswoman Omar. <laughs> now the squad's fighting back home, their own de- Democrats. Enough with the anti blackness and Islamophobia as they tried to defend uh, Congresswoman Omar for the comments that she made. Um, and then now the leaders of the squad are saying, no freedom of speech for Muslim women in Congress. Like, what? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But that's your mind. By the way, the Dem- everyone talks about, well, Donald Trump with this with the party. Pelosi and Democratic leaders this issued a joint statement condemning Omar's statements. Now they're getting blasted by the squad. Let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to shut up. And Nancy Pelosi is afraid she's going to lose her job. Joe has no courage or even awareness to know what they're doing. And Schumer is afraid AOC will primary him. So we are. All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So our old friend Humpty Dumpty uh, went on, I guess, what, C-SPAN today. A lot of people, it's kind of funny. They have the re- conservative line. They have the liberal line, the Republican line, the Democratic line, the independent line. They got a million phone lines over there. Um, I've met many of the people that work at C-SPAN over the years, and actually the, a couple of them are... are fairly nice uh but poor humpty dumpty he got an earful let's listen to this yes i'd like to ask
4: brian to on national television admit he and his network are a bunch of liars about donald trump
5: this is kevin in princeton indiana good morning yeah uh mr Stelzer is the biggest minister of misinformation i have ever heard and i'm a news junkie he made the statement just a few minutes ago that he is uh, all the stories are always evolving yeah his yeah. stories absolutely evolve. brian stelter thank you for the feedback i appreciate it savannah georgia rick good morning you're next
2: uh yes i was
1: just wondering if you still feel like michael Avenatti is the greatest thing in the world and should run for president of the United States. That's and funny. my suggest my suggestion is whatever CNN says, do the opposite and you'll be fine.
5: Aurora, Indiana. This is Robert. Good morning. You're on with Brian Stelter.
6: You know, CNN is just something that's. <laughs> It's a joke. It's a joke. This guy tells more lies, and Fox gives more news than CNN does in our... What lie? uh, What lie did I tell you? Two years. It's not about lies.
7: This is CNN.
0: I'll tell you, we can start with the lie, calling the Wuhan lab uh, uh, of virology, uh, saying that, oh, this this is a a right-wing conservative... Uh, conspiracy theory, three years of lying about Donald Trump and Russia, Trump and Russia. They also lie by omission. They lie by omission by not covering, oh, Hillary's dirty Russian dossier, you know, premeditated fraud, FISA court, spying on a candidate for president, uh, then spying on a president. Oh, but they spied on us. Yeah, OK, whatever. How do you hide Hunter's laptop from hell? How do you hide, you know, what, how, the, the candidate protection program? They wouldn't even cover what's on that laptop. ABC, NBC, CBS, fake news, CNN, MSDNC, New York Times, Washington Post, not a peep about the N-word. There was no coverage of the partnership with Robert the Klansman, Bird and Joe Biden to stop integration of schools because Joe didn't want schools to become racial jungles. Or any of the other outrageously racist things Joe said over the years. Anyway, uh, here to sort out the differences, we have uh, Mark Simone, a, the host of the, our highly rated morning show on our flagship in New York, WOR. Uh, also, Carol Roth, uh, entrepreneur, host of uh, her own podcast, The Roth Effect. Uh, thank you both for being with us. I, I mean, it's like a layup I'm handing to you, but on the other hand, Mark Simone, it's sad because, you know, I know, everybody listening to this show knows that if anybody with the last name Trump ever dared to say the N-word, it would be an explosion that would be felt forever, never stop, never-ending coverage.
8: Well, you you can make jokes, you can do all kinds of things, but this is the most dangerous situation I've ever seen in America, the entire mainstream media. Shut down, no news coverage. And can you imagine if they did this for Vietnam? The war would still be going on. Imagine if Woodward and Bernstein and everybody looked the other way on Watergate. This is, uh, it, it is so potentially dangerous that uh, it, it just enables these, these crooks in the office to just do more and more and more. Why they haven't looked at uh, Joe Biden's dinner meeting with those crazy Ukrainians and what that was all about, or Biden's brothers and their contracts. You know, if if Bernie Madoff knew that nobody would investigate, nobody would cover it, he would have just kept going to allow Biden and the corrupt Democrats to do this is the most dangerous thing we've seen in years.
0: I I don't disagree at all. And it's beyond an information crisis. Uh, Carol, what's your take?
9: You know, so obviously I look at things from a business and economic standpoint, and I'm reading these texts and I'm going, wow, Hunter Biden is so eloquent, I can now understand how he's getting these board of directors positions and these corporate executive positions because he's clearly a master communicator. I mean, it's it basically <laughs> these, these texts laid out the fact that this is somebody who nobody would put anywhere near a board of directors unless he had that extra influence to peddle in it's unfortunate. This is why people are so angry in this country is because there is just a blatant double standard. And on top of that, then you're gaslit about it. That you said, no, there, there is no double, double standard. We're being free and fair and we're, we're covering everything the same. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And we've seen it over and over again. If you put those text messages in front of somebody and didn't attach a name, um, or like, as you said, put a Trump name on it or any one of our names on it, people would be outraged. They'd be calling for blood. And the fact that there's not even a peep out of it should, as Mark said, scare everybody.
0: Do you think of, Mark, the three years of never-ending lies about Trump-Russia collusion while simultaneously ignoring Hillary paying for the dirty Russian disinformation dossier then unverifiable used as premeditated fraud on the FISA court, spying on Trump, the president, Trump, the candidate, etc. You know, it's just three years of lies. Ignoring Joe's quid pro quo in Ukraine. Oh, Trump ordered protesters to be tear gassed for a photo op. Now we know it's true and they won't even admit that. If you, if you mentioned a year ago, the lab leak theory, we knew coronaviruses were studied at the Wuhan lab. We knew that... Uh, They did gain of function research at that lab. But if you said it, boy, you're a conspiracy theorist and it was debunked or Trump ignoring Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers. That debacle or Trump telling Georgia officials to find the fraud or that Donald Trump went to Charlottesville and and said, uh, well, there's that the white supremacists were 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 fine people. When in fact, when you actually look at the wording Um, It was very different. But, you know, Biden launched a bunch of ads on this and we actually have played over and over again what Trump really did say. And it is, uh, you know, yeah, some you had some very bad people in this group. He said, excuse me, didn't put yourself down as a neo-Nazi. You had some very bad people in this group, but you also had some very fine people on both sides and you had people in that group. I saw the pictures. You did. You had people in that group were there to protest the taking down of a very important statue and the and the renaming of a park to another name. And he said, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and white nationalists because they should be condemned. He said it twice that they were there in the exact line that they purposely take out of context. Mark, how do you defend against that?
8: You can't. This is total corruption in the news media. And you can't say this, uh, this is normal or if it's ever happened before. If you remember, uh, Bill Clinton was president. His brother, Roger, was caught on tape using the N-word. It was covered everywhere. It was even on 60 Minutes. They confronted him with the tape. This is unlike anything we've ever seen before. Total corruption in the mainstream news media. Then you got these uh, Silicon Valley tech geeks who think they're suddenly journalists and news editors. They'll decide what news can be on their sites, on Twitter and Facebook. And they've been wrong every time. They were wrong about the Wuhan lab. They were wrong about the Hunter laptop. Everything they've censored, they've been dead wrong about. Somebody's got to stop this, and I don't know who's going to do that.
0: I don't think it's going to stop, Carol. I mean, that's the thing here. Now, I've always said it throughout my entire career, uh, spanning now 33 years, I've always said that we've got to become the media, Well, now we've got to become the media and big tech. And by the way, when I say become the media, they have three broadcast networks, two cable outlets that are hardcore, radical, new Green Deal socialist left. And every major newspaper, but for, say, the New York Post, Wall Street Journal, give two exceptions in, in that case. There's a few of us on Fox, but a lot of varying views on Fox. And then there's talk radio, which conservatives tend to dominate. That's about it. But now we got to get into big tech and get our own Twitter, get our own Facebook, get our own Instagram, get our own YouTube.
9: Yeah, I mean, and the worst part about it is the pipeline starts in education. It starts in early education with all this nonsense that's going on. And then uh, in terms of J school, they're teaching them to be activists, not to be journalists. So it becomes a, a really challenging thing Uh, to be able to fight against, and as you mentioned with big tech, the fact that they somehow think that they are the arbiters of truth, as we have a situation that's unfolding real time, how would they possibly know what the situation is? And it had real implications for people's health, for the economy, and so I think that the number one thing we can do to fight back is, you know, now we have to go and do our own due diligence. But as you mentioned, if we keep getting thrown off the platforms, it's hard to even put that due diligence out there.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I just don't see that there's any hope. By the way, I know you have some kind words to welcome back Jeffrey Toobin, Uh the guy caught on a, a, a CNN Zoom call masturbating. I mean, any comments on that, Mark?
8: Oh, I'm glad you went to me on that. Hey, you're talking <laughs> about Brian Stelter. The, the only honest guy who said anything honest on CNN this week was Jeffrey Toobin. He admitted he did it.
0: <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I guess well, it's not, okay. Kind of he, you're saying he admitted. How do you not admit it? It's on a Zoom call.
9: It hasn't stopped anyone well, before from not admitting things. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. He he what, what did you, you say, Carol? I missed that. that.
9: I said it hasn't stopped anyone before from not admitting things. We've seen things in plain sight many times. I
0: did not have <laughs> sex with that woman, not a single time. I'm going to get back to work for the American people. Indeed, I did have an inappropriate relationship. Yeah, I remember very well.
9: Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. <laughs>
8: Oh, no, I'm just that's just too, but the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Him, but uh, uh, I guess guys do that. But you, you can't get through a Zoom meeting at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You, it it I mean, looks like he just does this all day without even thinking it just happens.
0: Look, I'm not one of the – am I wrong, Mark? I've, I've never called or demanded somebody be fired. I just – it's not in me to do it. I don't believe in boycotts. I've been, you know, all throughout my career, people have put pressure on me to to boycott. Now, I can tell you, like, I watched the Islander game the other night when the crowd took over the singing of our national anthem. I love that moment. You know, it seems like hockey, the octagon, UFC, boxing, there's not many sports now that aren't allowing politics to creep into it. It's happening with the Major League Baseball. Look at the All-Star game, the NBA. Look at LeBron James, Kaepernick, NFL, It's And and I think people are missing the greatest opportunity of uniting a group of people from all different backgrounds, all different races, all different socioeconomic upbringings. And they all share a passion. That is that team. Now, how many times have you been to the garden, Mark, or? Uh, City Field or Yankee Stadium, and you're high-fiving a stranger. And it's like it's the one thing that would unite us. Now they're dividing us in sports by bringing politics into it.
8: Yeah, but I think they Democrats always go too far. I think this time they're setting the world record for going too far. The backlash is beginning with that mother telling off the school board. Uh, you, you know, the defunding the police is starting to really frighten people. We had a mayoral debate in New York last night. With a question, this is Democrats, about should the police have their guns taken away from them. People are gonna to start to rebel against this. But the, the the tide is turning. It's it's just going way too far.
0: Unbelievable. Um, I don't know. I don't see if I don't I don't know if it's gonna turn back, Carol. Maybe I don't know. I, I, it's possible. I do think politically the tide is changing. I think the I think the country's hip to the fact that Joe does is clueless, probably doesn't know what day it is. I mean, it was pretty funny when Donald Trump came out and said, uh, Yeah, Joe, uh, good luck with Vladimir in your meeting. Don't fall asleep. Everybody knows, but nobody else talks about it. I mean, Mark talks about it. I talk about it. few of us in talk radio. I'm mostly like a lone voice on Fox on this issue. But I see a guy that is so cognitively messed up. Putin's going to eat his lunch.
8: Hey, even the queen, 99 years old, during their meeting, she said, Joe, you OK? Joe, are you there? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean this is
9: really about um the independent people coming together independently you're not as a, a cohort not as red or blue I think that what's going to happen is actually green is money is, is what's going to change this. I don't know if you've been following what's been going on, um, this sort of digital Occupy Wall Street 2.0 with the redditors and the and the uh, AMC army that are trying to get back at, at what they think are injustices in Wall Street, and people are realizing um, that whether it's the you know crazy progressive ideas or just this this move towards central planning that you know this isn't good. People don't want politics in every aspect of their life. They don't want it in sports. They don't want to be lectured constantly. And that could be the one good thing to come out of this insanity that we've seen over the last 15 months is that people finally say enough's enough. Uh, but people are tentative. They, they feel individually weak that they don't know what they can do. But if they realize we all band together, there is more of us. Than there are of the Joe Bidens and the crazy progressives. We got we a hope. Opportunity
0: to change. All right, Carol. Thank you, Mark Simone. Uh, we always love having you back on. Thank you, sir. Quick break. Right back. Your calls on the other side. Straight ahead. All right, twenty-five till the top of the hour. Uh, all right, let's get a lot of calls in here on this Friday. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Uh, Cindy is in Illinois. Cindy, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi,
7: Sean. Um, I just wanted to talk about the fact that Biden takes the credit for creating all these jobs and employment going up. And I'd like to know what job he's created, if one.
0: Uh, We now have more than half the states saying we don't want your unemployment. You're disincentivizing people from getting back to work. um, And all of the reckless spending you know remember all of this money it wasn't emergency covid relief it was a blue state bailout and it was a down payment for the new green deal radical socialism and it's and it's 6 trillion dollars well we can't afford 6 trillion everything That's at the border <laughs> the inflation is his the, low, the you know the fact that all these jobs are open that remain unfulfilled unfilled is is unbelievable and all he wants is redistribution. Joe's not in charge. It's it's Bernie Sanders and the squad running the show.
7: Right. He's like a puppet. And, you know, what else I want to tell you is there's something called the Pledge of Agreement to American Workers that Trump and Ivanka um, put into place in 2018, actually July of 2018, which offers um High tech companies. To there's over 400 in the country that are signed on to this. Have you heard of it? I
0: I have not.
7: See, this is what irritates me. Trish Reagan had it on in in 2018, and Ivanka did the interview, and I never heard a word from the media. And this is a life changing opportunity. They actually have right now. If you want to go work for one of these 400 companies signed up.
0: Um, oh, you know what? On, I do remember this. I, I think it was around 2017 or 18. You're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I do remember and there,
7: it. There are there are actually right now 16,438805 805 training positions available. OK, no high school diploma needed six months free training, and this is life-changing for people. Toyota alone is looking for 200,000 workers, Ford 55,000, GM, and they need these positions filled. That's why they're willing to sign on and train people. So this is a very um, well-kept secret.
0: I saw uh, a friend of mine in Georgia recently. He was up in New York. His family runs a business in the cement business down in Florida, and he said, can you help us? I said, what would you like me to do? And he goes, uh, my dad wants to make a direct appeal to police officers that are being treated horribly in other states and cities and and offer to train them to drive his truck, cement trucks, and pay them better salaries than they're getting now. Oh, can you believe better. that? And I, by the way, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do this. I just got to get the follow up. But um, I'm like, of course, I'd, I'd love to do that. And here's the thing. Enough cops have had it. They can They know they can't do their job. They know they're in a no win situation. They know it's open warfare against them, and there's just no point anymore for them. And it's sad no, they're because un,
7: they're unsafe at, at this it, point. They're yeah, taking and, police off the street. Yeah, Sorry.
0: yeah. All right. Anyway, good call. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate it. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Uh, Mike is in Chicago. What's up, Mike? How are you?
6: Hi, Sean Hannity. I hope you're well.
0: I'm good. Thank uh, you.
6: And, you know, you do. I
0: sound like Schiff all week. I'm going to really have to rest my voice this weekend.
6: Yeah, I was wondering. But you know what? You do what you do extremely well. Very nice. I'm going to make a claim. And I know and I have backing to it. You've got to stay on this. Tax the wealthy, the corporations. People are paying zero taxes. Make them pay their fair share. That is garbage. And you know I'm not I I have George Bailey wealth. You know I don't, I don't right. have money, you know. <laughs> I chase people and and I get their information. That's my wealth, you know. I'm i By the way, can you ever forget finished-
0: the speech of George Bailey uh, to to Potter, the guy that owns the bank. Well, they may be chattel to you, Mr. Potter, but to them my father saw them as as the people that that work and 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 they make this country great in every way, and, and don't they deserve? Wait for what? What they, till the, till they can buy a home outright? They can't have two, you know, a few decent bedrooms and a and a bath. Uh, they were people to my father, not to you. I mean, it was a great speech. I didn't do it as well. I didn't do it justice.
6: You did it just fine. Exactly. You know uh, that that makes people feel wealthy when they have that, and this is why. You know, if you keep. Going after the rich and, you know, have the separation of peasants and rich people, you know, we've seen this in other countries and it doesn't work. We've seen it in other governments. The The wealthy people are the reasons grassroots and foundations and food pantries and homeless shelters are funded. And, you know, I can make that because I service machinery and I was at the northern Illinois uh, food bank and because my wealth is in jazzing other people and getting to know them you know that that's how i accumulate my wealth and i'm very happy about it um he tells me yeah they need food but if it wasn't for wealthy people getting exemptions and uh giving up their well-earned money and you know god bless them that they made millions of dollars you know
0: you know, when I when I did these other jobs in my life and I'm, I've said this on the air before, people don't believe me. I don't think fame is a good thing. I don't think it's a healthy thing. I've seen it. I've, I've seen the worst side of it. And I've seen people absolutely lose touch with it. Um, if, if there are any things that keep me grounded, one is my strong belief in God, our father, my Christianity, my faith. And the other is and uh, my strong belief in a creator. And my second would be the fact that I spent two decades plus of my life working at hard jobs. It kept me grounded. And when I started in radio, I didn't expect to make any money, Mike. But what I remember is this. When I worked in a restaurant, poor people can't go to restaurants. It's too expensive. And, and middle-income people certainly do. Um, but I never got a job in my life from poor people. As a contractor... Um, I never painted a poor person's house because they can't afford it. All of us in freedom, we are we, we get the opportunity to blossom if you get a good education, come from a good family, and you know you don't get too traumatized. Life is tough. Everybody will face obstacles in life. I don't care what your financial status is. It's you just. It's just that's life, man. You got to suck it up, and you got to work hard, and you got to do things you don't want to do. But my point is, you're not. I don't know where this resentment comes from or the idea that because somebody else has more than me, I should not like them. I don't really, you know, do you really care what other people have? I don't care what other people have. You know, now that I, I, I was poor in my life and I and I have money now in my life, it's a lot easier when you have money. Money is freedom. But I still don't, I, I still never will buy myself a Rolex watch. I buy them for friends, but not for me. I don't want it, the trappings of money in my life. I know people don't believe it, but it's true. Last word.
5: That's right,
6: Sean. And you know, the fact that the wealthy people help out all these other organizations is a true form of we the people, for the people, by the people, you know?
0: One of the coolest things when you have extra money is you get to be generous to other people. I love and that part. And you will be.
6: And you I, will be.
0: I try to be. I do. Isn't you know? it
6: better if I, if I say, Give, I'm going to take 33% of your money, or should I say, Sean, do you think you could... Give us some of your money. <laughs>
0: you, you know, talking? I had this debate. I have a hard time. The The Catholic Church really turned me against formal churches, and I'm like a non-denominational Christian. And somebody talked to me recently. We had a discussion about tithing, and I'm like, yeah, I believe in tithing, but it doesn't have to be through the church. And, that, and then this person was telling me how not biblical I am, and I said, no, but I'll give at least that, usually more, to the people that I run into in my life That I, when I see a need. And if I see a need, I step up. It's not that complicated. And it's my great pleasure when, I, when I'm able to do that. All right, I got to roll, though. Thanks, Mike. Don, Lake Ronkonkoma, what's up, my brother? How are you? Hey,
1: Sean. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you, buddy. You know, isn't it amazing how we're learning today how... Uh, Half of the China COVID-19 pandemic relief has been stolen because... Uh,
0: yeah, and it's, $400 billion.
1: Yeah, yeah, because of unemployment fraud.
0: $400 billion. And by yep. the way, if we ever got down to... I called my accountant very early on, and I, sa- I said a couple of things. I won't tell everything I said, but one of the things I said, any, any company I have control over, I'm not taking a dime. Yep. I ain't, Don, you're going to laugh at this. You know all those checks they were handing? They actually sent them to me. Yeah. <laughs> they, sent, they sent me the, the $1,400 check and the two $600 checks, and I'm like, don't uh, cash it.
1: I, I got a check, and my, both my, ki- my daughter and her husband were laid off, so it went to them. But this, yeah. but this, uh, this unemployment and also the uh, rise in inflation that we're seeing now.
0: It, it, Let me, it's it's so bad, Don. You, you know, we've, we've watched this over the years. We've been friends for a long time. Oh, yeah. And I will I, tell it, you, you know, it, I, it, I know this sounds nuts. And some, of, some people are going to be saying, Hannity, you're, you're just, you don't know what you're talking about. Now, I do have a few friends that have retired and they've done so and, and transitioned perfectly. Most people that I know, though, when they stop working, they don't know what the hell to do with themselves. Everybody that knows me well fears that I'm going to stop working one day. <laughs> they just do. They don't want to be around me that much. And you said, you know, yeah. I've been a workaholic my entire adult life. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm a workaholic.
1: These, these costs that the Biden administration are costing us is a, is really incredible. And it, it can all go back to the cutting off of that Keystone pipeline, giving it to the Russians, this border crisis that uh, Kamala Harris refuses to go to. And, Sean, my friend, I'm going to tell you something. We have no idea what uh, President Biden's going to spend in Europe this
0: week. Oh, good grief. God only knows. We don't I, know I, that, you know, Putin may, may do it publicly, may not. He's going to eat Joe's lunch, sippy cup's lunch. And I tell you, the first thing he's going to do is going to walk out of that meeting with his comrades. They're going to look at each other and they're going to like go, wow, this guy is a weak mess. It's, uh, I, I'm going to be honest. It's, I find it embarrassing. I find that this president can barely hold the thought together embarrassing.
1: We I, have a, uh, President Joe Biden.
0: Yeah, right, with the, brief, with the briefing book on Air Force One. Yeah, yep. good point. All right, Don, you have a good weekend, okay?
1: Thank you my friend. Enjoy.
0: Quick break, right back to our phones. 800 941 is our number. And when we come back, our friend General Tater will be with us. Uh, how bad is the Putin meeting going to be? And we'll talk about the border, and we'll talk about the, the Iranians and the Chinese and the Russians, and they're you, n- uniting together. I right, back to our busy phones. David in Illinois. David, you're next. Glad you called, sir.
2: Sean, it's a privilege. My apologies that you have to talk to so many of us from Illinois today. But I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. I've got an issue out here. I'm a middle-class worker. I'm a blue-collar worker. And I'm hemorrhaging. And I am a die-hard, die-hard conservative. Always have been, always will be. But I've got to express my disappointment with the Republican Party. They just haven't stood up for me out here. And until they get a spine and until they they man up and do the job that I need them to do for me and my family, I, I don't think I can support the Republican Party as it stands now. And let me give you a brief example. Let me
0: let me say Remember, this. I, I'm not a... You know, I, I think you know I'm not a registered Republican, right? Right. I'm a... Regi- in New York, I register as a conservative. There's a conservative party. As long... Look, I, I have been consistent, pretty consistent throughout my career. I've changed my views here and there. I think I've become a lot more libertarian in the last 24 years of my life. But... When you break down conservatism, I can do it in a minute. We believe in liberty, freedom, capitalism, and our Constitution. Lower taxes, less bureaucracy, choice in schools, free market solutions for health care, protecting pre-existing conditions, law and order for safety and security... Energy independence, border security, free and fair trade, constitutionalists on the bench, and peace through strength. What am I missing?
2: Absolutely nothing. That's Absolutely. who I am,
0: and anybody that supports that, I don't give a flying Adam Schiff what letters next to their name, because that will that that is America's ticket to strength and prosperity, and and a ladder for success for everybody. That's my that's my agenda. It hasn't changed much. I got to be honest. It just hasn't changed a whole lot, David.
2: You know, the the report is there's 80 million of us out of out here. I believe the number is much, much higher. Can you imagine the power that we would have if we had one voice and we united? What would happen? What would happen? Well,
0: Trump got us close. And I'll tell you what what hurt Donald Trump the most called COVID-19 COVID-19. Um, but, but but, he la- he showed us that he can do it. He showed Republicans how to fight. And then, you know, the, you got, you're got going to always have the, the Liz Cheney's and Barbara Comstocks of the world and the Never Trumpers and the Lincoln Project. You know, they'll do it. And the Mitt Romney's and Ben Sass, the jackass, and Lisa Murkowski's. But you know what? They're, they're not taking the party over. This party is now, we, we know what works and we'll stick with it. I got to run, though, David. God bless you. Quick break. Right back. Your calls on the other side. Straight ahead. All right. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. We'll get to your calls. Final half hour of the program today. Um, We have now Kamala Harris. The verdict is in. Even her staunchest supporters in the mob and the media recognize that this trip to Guatemala, where she was lectured by the Guatemalan president and then Mexico, was an a mitigated disaster. A softball question from Lester Holt about whether you're going to go to the border. Uh, that ended in an unmitigated a disaster. She was asked again about it, and in this by a Univision repor- a reporter. Uh, and this is what she snapped back at:
7: "I said I'm going to go to the border. And I... when are you going to the border, Vice President? The administration has asked. I'm not finished." <laughs> I've said I'm going to the border and also if we are going to deal with the problems at the border, we have to deal with the problems that cause people to go to the border, to flee to the border, and that is the root causes. So my first trip as Vice President of the United States was to go, in terms of a foreign trip, to Guatemala, to be on the ground there to address and to to be informed of the root causes. Why are the people of Guatemala leaving? Do you have a date? Tiene una fecha para su viaje a la frontera para ver la situación con sus propios ojos. I will keep you posted.
0: No date. You know, I I haven't been a either. I guess she hasn't been to the moon either, as well. And it's it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's as this is going on now. In the last three weeks, Joe Biden has identified three separate well, in the last number of weeks, three separate things as our biggest. Uh, National security threat. One is Russia. Okay. What about China? What about Iran? What about a nuclear armed Iran? What about radical Islamic terrorism? What about uh, North Korea? Uh, What about the alliance between the Chinese, the Russians and the Iranians, uh, the Chinese and the Russians providing Iran arms and and they're fighting their proxy war throughout the rest of the Middle East with those arms? You know, and then Joe Biden switches and and after, you know, Russia's one answer. White supremacy gave his answer last week. This week he says the number one problem, challenge, the military that you'll be facing, threat is climate change. That's what he said. We must all
3: commit to an ambitious climate action if we're going to prevent the worst impacts of climate change limiting global warming to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius lead the global the global transition to clean energy technology you know when i went over in the tank in the pentagon when i first was elected vice president with president obama the military sat us down to let us know what the greatest threats facing america were the greatest physical threats this is not a joke you know what the joint chiefs told us the greatest threat facing america was global warming
0: global warming not china Not a a nuclear armed Iran, not uh, Russia that just hacked us twice, took 17 states. And and we saw the disaster of what happened with Colonial Pipeline energy prices. We're now up about a a dollar a gallon for gasoline for every American and that much more for the goods you buy, which I talked about in the last hour. And uh, I'm telling you, it is that bad. So in one in a week and a half. Vladimir Putin gets a waiver to build his pipeline, but Joe canceled the Keystone XL pipeline and fired all these guys in the energy sector, high-paying career jobs there. Uh, then he allows TikTok, which we believe, Donald Trump believed, and our security apparatus believed was using to spy on America. He just reinstates it for the communist Chinese. And now the Biden officials have lift sanctions on Iranian officials and businesses why the why is he so hell-bent on appeasing uh, all these hostile regimes that despise us anyway General Tata is with us Uh, he's got a new book out Chasing the Lion and it's just out this month Uh, thank you sir for being with us how are you
10: Great to speak with you again, Sean. Uh, it's been a few months, and uh, I'm proud to be on your show.
0: Why would you give a waiver to build a pipeline to Vladimir and fire American workers on the Keystone XL pipeline? Why would you lift sanctions on Iran without any, anything in return? Why would you allow the Chinese to, to get back into the spying business with TikTok? Can you explain these things to me?
10: yeah Sean I think there's two things going on here. Uh, one is that uh, President Trump was tough on all three of those issues you just listed and so the the left-wing progressive knee-jerk reaction is if Trump did it, uh, they, they want to do the 180 opposite uh, you know us national interest be damned and so uh, the Nord Stream pipeline is a bad decision. it's bad for NATO, it's bad for Germany it's bad. Uh, for the collective security arrangement there. Um, and it's bad for American uh, you know, energy independence, which we had under President Trump. And, you know, energy independence is a national security matter, uh, first and foremost. Think of all the wars we fought in the Middle East over uh, access to oil. And then when you get down to Iran, uh, you know, that's just the, the left-wing progressive party, given President Biden talking points about that. The first thing he did, remember, was Saudi Arabia, he he. Stopped intel sharing on the Houthis, and you know when I was uh, performing the duties as the Undersecretary for Policy in DOD, now we had a lot of discussions about all of this, and, and the president's uh, President Trump's policies were were right on the spot with regard to uh, protecting Americans and American national security interests overseas. Why would we stop sharing intelligence with the Saudis? on Iranian shipments to the Houthis of, uh, in Yemen of weapons. And then the same thing. You oh, by the way, and the weapons to, are
0: provided by Putin and President Xi to hostile regimes. Well, and given to and, a third it, hostile regime.
10: And, Sean, it's, it's better than that. It's bought for, it's paid for with the money that President Obama gave him uh, four years ago. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and this is why, and that, that tip of the hand is, um, they want to get back into the JCPOA, the the uh, Iran nuclear deal, which is the worst possible thing for Middle East security and stability. And President Trump was moving fast on on uh, Middle East security. All of the Abraham Accords that uh, he and the Secretary Pompeo and Jared uh, Kushner had uh, pulled together. I mean, uh, just very significant uh, movement there in the uh, Middle East. And then you you know you mentioned China, and and China is outpacing us by a significant margin in their military growth and in their economic growth. And so when you look at what President Trump was trying to do to stop the spying through these apps, uh, you know, we had a lot of discussions about all this. and And again, President Trump was right. And these are things where you know a lot of americans just kind of happily download tiktok or some of these other apps and and you know give their information away and some of these problems don't come home to roost for a year, two years, three years but i guarantee you that president trump and those policies that we had in place we're absolutely right and and this sort of reckless undoing of the Trump policies uh you know in the name of what you know Biden says America is back. give me a break. We had great relations, I had great conversations and signed deals right up to you know running through the tape in January, signing deals with you know several nations on defense agreements, defense cooperation, unloading the American burden and having other teams uh, step up, other countries step up. Uh, President Trump did a great job in this regard, and President Biden's undoing it.
0: You know, I think, and and look, I I know people on the left don't like it when I say it, but uh, all I do is start playing the reels of Joe Biden. And when I show video of Biden from 2012 or 2016, And I compare it to today. He seems like a shell of his former self. He seems weak and frail. He's definitely a cognitive mess. And even though the media protects him, um, I just call it as I see it. And I've got all the tape to back it up. The problem is, I don't think that the, the, the leaders of these hostile regimes like Russia, China, Iran, North Korea... Uh, I don't really think they give a damn what our media thinks. They're assessing Joe Biden every day, and I'm pretty confident they've come to the same conclusion I've come to, which is this guy is a cognitive mess. And I think that has now emboldened all of these countries. Uh, you know, we see China and their geopolitical uh, ambitions playing out in the China Sea. Uh, and elsewhere, we see Russia now back on the border with Ukraine. Uh, we see the Iranians brazenly, you know, fighting uh, this proxy war in Yemen, as you rightly referred to, it, the uh, that, that's been going on now for a while. So I think they look at a weak America. Now, if Bibi Netanyahu is, is no longer going to be the prime minister, which it appears that's the path we'll find out on Sunday. If he can't flip one vote, then... I am really concerned because he was the only other guy on the world stage that seemed to um, have the moral clarity that identified evil for what it was.
10: Yeah, you're right about that, Sean. Uh, uh, you know, the uh, Starting with uh, Netanyahu and Israel and the importance of that strategic ally and our closest ally in the Middle East, you're absolutely right. But, uh, Iran is evil. Hamas is evil. Hezbollah is evil. Uh, the Houthis are evil, and they are attempting to export terror, Iran is, through all of these instruments of war, to attack Western uh, liberties and freedoms and economies. That's, that is 100% what's happening here. And to the extent that President Biden either does not recognize that or is being told what to do because of all the things that you mentioned, I think the American people deserve to know who's, who's actually calling the shots. Because when you look at what Vice President Harris did on that uh, disaster of a trip to Central America and, and her refusal to answer the question about not going to the border. She doesn't want to go to the border, Sean, because it's a mess down there and it will bring attention to the worsening of the situation, not the betterment of the situation as they pretended during the campaign. Well, but the numbers, General,
0: speak for themselves, don't they? I mean, we're, we're going to we're, we're shatter a 25-year high of illegal immigrants coming into this country, and on top of that, we're we're facing record inflation we haven't seen in 15 years, record high prices on everything, energy prices, gallon of gasoline up a dollar a gallon. That's, that's real money uh, that's impacting every family in the country. I mean, these policies are disastrous, and he's not been in power long.
10: Right, right. And policies have impact on the American people uh, from a security. You know, if you remember, Sean, in 2016, So the two number one things were the economy, and then remember, ISIS was a big, bad deal. And, you know, it it could be argued that President Trump did too good a job by giving the military the authority to to go out and crush ISIS, what they did, which they did. Uh, Now, you know, we're heading back in that direction, right, with um, national security coming back to the forefront as a domestic issue, because when you you minimize our, our energy output, all of the steps going on, with respect to the oil and gas industry, are are uh, catastrophic for this country. And it puts us back into a situation where we're competing with for oil with all these countries that that either are, are contentious or want to do us harm like Iran. And we are in a real bad spot right now with just just, you know, four or five months of undoing the previous policies that were, were that were gaining traction. We're serving the American people well. And, and you know, I'm sorry, but You know, the NATO was just fine. Right. Every collective security arrangement needs uh, you know, a, an alpha in it. And, and NATO, you know, needed that alpha, you know, particularly when we got all those betas in there with, the, you know, France and Canada and all of that. You know, Trump was the alpha. And, and he said, look, this is, this is how we're going to do it.
0: We'll take a quick break. We'll come back more with General Tata on the other side. His new book, Chasing the Lion, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, books. As we continue with uh, General Tata, uh, worked in the Trump White House, author of his new book, Chasing the Lion, Hannity.com, Amazon.com. I think there was a healthy respect and fear of Donald Trump, the fear being based in, if he says it, he's going to do it. And I don't think that fear exists today.
10: No, absolutely not. Because one is that it's amorphous, right? You see Biden backing off all of these policies that uh, reinstituted uh, American strength and leadership in the world. And when Biden says America is back, what he's talking about is back to the Obama years where we subordinated our self-interest as a nation to collective security arrangements around the world. And, and you just can't have that because that puts us in a weakened position from a policy standpoint where uh, all, all the um, despots you mentioned, whether it's Putin or Xi or, or you know, the Iran uh, uh, leadership, uh, all of them are watching. Now, you know, the, the, the recent hacks on, on uh, all of our infrastructure and, and uh, the you know, colonial pipeline and all of that, those are probing attacks. We always get whether you're a platoon and combat up to the United States commander in chief, everybody gets everybody gets tested during changes of command. This is a change of command. It's happened. And so you've got China, you've got Russia, you've got Iran um, all testing. And, and this Hamas attack on Israel was a test of how Biden would respond. And, and what you know. So now they know. And these are probing attacks. They're not the big attack. These are OK, let's do this. To see how they'll respond. Now let's huddle and figure out how to move forward. And now we're going to come in with a bigger thing, whatever that is, from China, Iran, or Russia. And they are assessing. It. This it is a cruel world out there. And uh, you know, a lot of these progressives think that, oh well, if we just kind of give in a little bit, it's all going to be okay. They'll understand. And that's just not the case.
0: Well, General, it's always a pleasure to have you. By the way, the general's new book is out: Chasing the Lion. Uh, it's up on Hannity dot com, Amazon dot com, bookstores everywhere. Uh, General, uh, where are you when we need you? Uh, we need people like you <laughs> now more than ever. Thank you for being with us.
10: Always a privilege, Sean. Thank you so
0: much. All right, eight hundred nine four one. Sean, your calls. Final half hour of the program today. Quick break. Right back. All right, twenty five to the top of the hour on a Friday. All right, let's uh, for the final half hour. Let's just get to calls. Brian is in the great state of Georgia, which has far. Uh, less restrictive voting. They're far more accessible voting opportunities in Georgia than Delaware. But Joe Biden, who never lifted a finger to make voting more accessible in Delaware, says Georgia's Jim Crow 2.0. And as a result of Joe and Stacey Abrams, about 100 million dollars in business uh, was taken away from Georgia by the Major League Baseball idiot commissioner and brought to A state that only has nine percent minority population—that's Colorado. Uh, Delaware doesn't have seventeen days early in-person voting. Uh, Delaware doesn't have any drop boxes. Come on, dude. Delaware doesn't. Delaware doesn't have no excuse absentee voting. You have to provide an excuse, and both states demand voter ID. And then he gets away with saying that to Georgia, hurting the people of Georgia. Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams owe the people of Georgia an apology. Brian, sorry to go on on to that rant.
11: (laughs) Oh Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Off a little bit of topic here, I'd love to comment on that one. uh, But I just want to say about the uh, border issue, uh, to me, it seems wrong to have the federal government kind of break the law by taking these illegals in uh, and then, you know, making the states deal with them. Um, my question is, why can't the states do anything about this, considering, um, you know, the states can make marijuana legal, even though it's uh, federally uh, against the law? You know what I mean?
0: You're, you're asking a million dollar question that I've asked Governor Abbott, who I'm very fond of and I support for reelection down in Texas, and Attorney General, uh, General Burnovich in Arizona, who's now running for the Senate, uh, against Mark Kelly, and I hope he wins that seat. Your question is, yes, is crucial. This was challenged. Remember, Jan Brewer was the, the governor of Arizona, and the courts didn't, are not recognizing that the state should have the right if the federal government fails to enforce the laws of the land to enforce it themselves, because you're right. Yeah. You know. Not only is Joe not you know, picking and choosing which laws he, cho- he wants to listen to, but Joe is then also aiding and abetting law breaking, you know, by yeah, housing, you know, building cages for kids in the middle of a pandemic and putting them on top of each other and then shipping them out in the dark at night to states. And then the states are responsible for food and shelter and health care and education. And, you know, it's an unfunded federal mandate. Now, I do give yeah. Greg Abbott credit. Greg Abbott said just this week. I, I'm going to continue building the wall in Texas, and I'll protect my own borders. And wow. he has every right to do it. And I, I think, if AG Bernovich has his way, uh, they do the same thing in Arizona. He's, he's a great attorney general. He's, I, I think he's an amazing guy.
11: Yes, sir. Uh, now, wouldn't that be considered uh, seeding the uh, during a pandemic? They're kind of seeding uh, the virus around. They're taking untested, uh, illegal, Im- illegal immigrants and putting them in places which were will maybe even restart the virus. I mean, that should be a major concern, not only the, the monetary value of having to pay for all this. Look, I mean, I, I, you, you're
0: raising so many good points, Brian. I, You know, look, you would think we would have learned something, you know, in light of COVID, but people don't learn. You know, with all the talk of, you know, oh, super spreader events. This, the biggest super spreader situation was created <laughs> by Joe and Kamala when they were put Building these kids cages and putting them on top of each other with a high rate of positive uh, uh, testing for covid um, in the middle of a pandemic and then shipping them yes, out sir. and not even. Te- All right. So the answer is, if you want to come to this country, I think there's three main things. you you've got to do it legally. And I would say we need a security check on anybody that comes into this country. We need to know you don't have radical associations. We need a health check, especially in light of what we've learned from COVID-19. The third thing is you've got to be able to prove that you're going to be financially able to care for yourself and not be a burden to the American taxpayer if we, in fact, invite you into the country. I don't care where you come from. And I I just ask that you respect our laws, our sovereignty, and our borders and pass those three tests. Is that too much? Oh, that's awesome. I've thought about it once or twice. All right, Brian, all my best to my my pals down in Georgia, okay? Yes, sir. Thank Uh, you very much. All right, we have a lot of calls from stupid states. We have two calls from California, and we got one call from New York. Let's start with the New York socialist state, uh, the socialist utopia state of New York, and Tyler is next on The Sean Hannity Show. What's up, Tyler? Hey, Sean. How's it going? You know, you and I are two very dumb people. You want to know why? Because we're living in in New York. York... And we're paying 15 percent more in taxes on our salaries. We're paying the highest property taxes in the country. Uh, If you die in New York, they even take 10 percent more or 15 percent. I forget the number uh, in their own separate death tax on top of the 40 percent the federal government takes. What is wrong with us? We're stupid to stay here.
5: Sean, I'm 22. I just graduated from college. You know, I've got plans. Well, oh, so did my you know, son, and
0: he's not in New York.
5: Well, congratulations to your son for graduating and, you know, even bigger props for him not living in New York. I give him, you know, total credit for that. Um, you know, I, I'm planning on moving out of New York, hopefully, you know, within the next couple of years, if everything, you know, worked out financially. You know, I'm looking at going, and hopefully Ron DeSantis is still governor of Florida if he's not president by then. You know, I'm really hoping to, and, you know, as, as Governor Cuomo would like to say, he's blaming it on the weather. And not, you know, the horrendous tax rates that we've got, you know, the corruption that's running rampant in Albany, you know, everything is just, it, it just falls, it's a domino effect in the state. And well, I let me 20 ask you, you're 22
0: year, years old, and I, I say this to my own son. Um, what do you want to do with your life right now? Where, what are you planning as a profession?
5: So, you know, I graduated with a degree in, in political science, uh, right? The audience, and I really, my my focus was trying to at least work in the government in some fashion you know i i'm looking at going to grad school i'm still undecided as if i want to you know go with the communications route for for masters for grad school or you know further my education in political science so you know everything's up in the air but i know one thing i don't want to go to school in new york you know Or, I'm sure you've seen... Well,
0: uh, I'll tell you right now, I mean, at least in Washington, there are good people to work for and work with on the political side. There's nothing in Albany. New York is gone. Albany is a cesspool, and I don't see any hope of New York. I see my friend Curtis Sliwa. I've been friends with him a long time. I'd love to see Curtis beat out all of these Democratic candidates in New York City. The problem is, for both of them, is that Democrats in New York City outnumber Republicans nine to one. I would suggest to you, if that's your passion and, you know, whatever you work at. First of all, you're 22 years old. You can't make a mistake. If you go back to school, you can't make a mistake. If you go into the workplace, you can't make a mistake. You know, right now is the time for you to really, really hone in on what you want to do with your life and what what you have a passion for. Because you spend a lot of your life working. So you might as well like what you do.
5: I mean, granted, I've I've been watching you. You know, since I was a, a junior in high school, and I've I've followed you ever since. And you know, I get home from work, and actually, while I'm at work, I've got your radio show in my car, uh, and my headphones, and I'm watching you every night on Fox. And you know, I've I've really enjoyed you know the joy that you brought not only to to my you know young and impressionable mind, but you know to the millions of other like-minded you know college kids, you know mid twenties kids like myself. You know, you're Behind Rush Limbaugh, honestly, for me, you're my, it's, you and Rush are you know the cornerstones of you know modern day conservatism. And President Trump, you know, he echoed that as well. But you know, having you fight for you know us on a daily basis, and you know, you getting us the message every single day, and just you know, just the way you, you present things—that's really what strikes home for me. Well, and, look, you know, I mean, uh,
0: it. it's a it's a tragic loss for conservatism because Rush was such a positive articulate force for and spokesperson for this movement. Look, I'm very honored that you're paying me a high compliment. You remind me a little bit of me. I don't know why I was a young teenager and I was, I was just locked in addicted to listening to talk radio and, and I, I loved it. I love passionately, you know, I just know this is that, you know what? There's a lot of political cycles, Tyler. And you know, it, is it more fun to win like we did in 2016 than to go through what we went through in 2020? Yeah. But you know what? 2008 happened and then the tea party came and then Donald Trump came and you know, there's, for whatever reason, this country forever seems to flirt with radical socialism, never to this extent. And then we, you know, it fails drastically and we lurch back to the center-right country that we are. I believe that'll happen again. My advice, either go to school, don't go to school. If you want it, politics, do it in Washington, not in Albany. And I'd probably live in Virginia, not D.C. That's my 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 two cents worth, but follow your passion. You know, you work a lot of hours every day. You gotta like what you do. All right, my friend?
5: Yeah, and actually, can I, can I jump to the main point of, of the call, actually, yeah. before we, we cut loose? So my my premise of, of the call today was um, was to talk about you know Sleepy Joe and his you know upcoming meeting with Vladimir Putin and I'm sure you saw the the magazine cover from Time Magazine today you know presenting him as this this tough guy but we're giving the green light to the pipeline in Russia with direct access to Germany but we're going to axe the Keystone XL pipeline in the states but that's okay but well, we're standing up to Putin but Trump was a puppet to Russia.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it, was, it wasn't Donald Trump's kids that got paid by the Russian oligarch and the Kazakhstan yeah. oligarch or by Burisma in Ukraine and by taking on a $100,000 shopping spree with a Chinese national and the $1. Yeah. $1. $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China. That was the Bidens. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds That's like pay front to front play front. and a quid and a pro and a quo. Tyler, good luck, my friend. Got to get some other calls in here. We have two people from uh, California. They'll join us at once. The United Socialist Utopia under Gavin Newsom, John and David. John, say hi to David. David, say hi to John. And both of you are as dumb as I am. And Tyler is because you're living in a state where you're paying way too much money.
4: Hi, so this is John.
0: Hey, John, what's going on? And uh, David, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. I just have one quick point, but I'll let John go first. All right, John. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, I guess uh,
4: first off, I want to say, Sean, that, you know, long-time viewer, uh, first-time caller, really enjoyed your show, and thanks for the call. And um, the reason why I called is just, uh, you know, this whole COVID origin thing uh, has me rather con- very concerned. And if you don't mind, I kind of want to go over what my understanding of the facts are. Maybe you can tell me what I have wrong or what I'm missing. Uh, if you don't mind. And, uh, But first off, you know, I've been reading these articles. Of course, there was a Vanity vanity Fair piece. I thought Cheryl Atkinson wrote a very good article back in April. You know, my understanding is is that back in, you know, 2014, because of some, you know, accidents we had in our own labs, uh, we put a pause on this whole, you know, gain-of-function research. And then subsequent to that, you know, Fauci, you know, I guess found some way to kind of work around that. So, so beginning around 2015, you know, he started, you know, outsourcing some of this gain-of-function research to the Wuhan lab. And, and during that time, I guess you get, I don't really know, just kind of based on what I'm reading. Well,
0: only because only we have constraints on time, let me just say. Yeah, he's got a lot to answer for. He really needs a criminal investigation, as Greg Jarrett said. That's not going to happen, I bet. But, you know, him saying if you criticize him, you're criticizing science. Nothing could be further from the truth. We now know he knew. He was told on January 31st, and we knew he went into a panic state. David, we give you a, your shot.
1: Okay, I was just thinking it would be a great idea is with the immigration crisis, if you can keep a daily running tally of how many people are entering our country. And do you remember when Cronkite uh, and Carter, when we had the hostages in Iran, Um, Cronkell would always start his broadcast every day with, you know, this is day 157 of the hostage crisis. I think it'd be a good media um, offense on our part if you could just keep a daily running total of how many illegals are coming into our country.
0: Well, we've been getting we don't get daily totals. We get monthly totals and weekly totals. I could do a weekly update. I I don't know if I can get a daily count, but we're now averaging just shy of 200,000 a month that we're counting. And it's probably higher. But I think it's a good idea. It's it's sort of like Nightline was built off of the uh, Iranian hostage crisis, day 442. I mean, yeah, I mean, America held hostage. Um, Democrats have no opposition to this. And Democrats, I, I think they believe, like, I think Republicans always wanted cheap labor. And I think Democrats always wanted to hold out something of great value to a lot of people. If we give you amnesty, then uh, you're going to be Democrats, right? But, um... It's not good for the country when you don't enforce your laws and, and and that people don't respect our borders and our sovereignty. We have laws that govern this country based on a constitution. Thank you both. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and rest my voice a little bit over the weekend. See, uh, I, ha- I have been reluctant to go on medicine. I may have to bite the bullet. I just hate taking that stuff. Anyway, listen, have a great weekend. Uh, oh. Joe and Vladimir next week. God help us all. Anyway, we'll have full coverage. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. You make this show possible as always. Thank you, and thank you for being with us.